Welcome to WeChat Divorce, hosted by Karen Chalou, legal liaison, and Catherine Shanahan, CDFA. Each episode, we sit down with divorce professionals and industry experts to provide insights and frank discussions about real people, real situations, and real divorce to help you achieve your best life post-divorce. This episode of WeChat Divorce is brought to you by My Divorce Solution, helping you secure your worth and protect your wealth in divorce. Welcome to WeChat Divorce. Catherine and I are so happy today to welcome David DeWitt. In this episode, we're going to discuss HD and the impact on divorce and financial planning. But first, let's take a few minutes to meet Dave. Dave is a financial planner and podcaster who helps adults with ADHD take back control of their money. He's been a registered investment advisor for six years, but it wasn't until he had his ADHD awakening in early 2021 that he realized he wanted to work with other people with ADHD. David knows from experience that effective personal finance when you have ADHD is hard, even when you're a trained professional. So after his ADHD awakening, he set out to build a financial planning model that works for ADHD brains, first testing it on himself. I love that. And now he's on a mission to help as many ADHDers as he can. Welcome, Dave. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Awesome. So what was the testing that you did on yourself, the financial planning model? Like, how did you test yourself? I love that. I tested myself because when I had my little awakening, I realized my financial condition was sort of, it, it just made sense that like I had ADHD, I had things were scattered. I made sort of impulsive decisions and I didn't have a good handle on a budget and all of these things. And I realized that I needed to get this under control because I'm a financial planner. And so it's important for me to be able to practice what I preach, give off the confidence and sort of live what I'm doing. So, so yeah, I just, I figured out what worked for me. And then that's kind of how I tested it on myself. So it involved like tracking my spending pen and paper for two months straight, religiously every single day. And that's what first awakened me to all the destructive patterns I was doing, seeing how much money I was spending on Wawa lunch every day and how much money that could turn into if I just invested that and made my own lunch. And it's simple things like that, that when you have ADHD, it's really hard to be aware of these things because life comes at you so fast and you're just going, 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 and you never sit back and take a moment to take in like, what is going on? Where's my money going kind of thing. So did you continue that process of everyday monitor or is it one day you say, okay, I have a handle on this now. I see what, I, what ways I was going that was costing me too much money and now I've changed it. Or do you have to keep checking in with yourself? So you definitely have to keep checking in with yourself. So for me, the, the doing it for two months created such a awareness that it became more ingrained in me. So I felt like it was like steady state now, like when I'm going to buy things and I'm just interacting with my money and every single day, I had more of that just awareness where I wasn't just blindly doing things. I knew it's sort of in the back of my mind, like, okay, I know like this is going to add up, blah, 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 blah. And so now I just switched to using a budgeting app, which I use to keep track. But the pen and paper really ingrained it because you can see the list getting longer and longer on your counter as you're writing it down and you see the patterns like right in front of your face. And, and the research shows that when you write things down, it's, it creates better learning anyways. 
So it's very helpful. And now, actually, just recently, I've been starting to feel the spending bug kind of come back into me, where it's like I'm seeing like I'm starting to want things that I'm not really sure I need. And so when that happens, I'll tell people and myself to go back to the pen and paper for a month and reorient yourself. Keep going back to what was helping you in the beginning. So what causes you then with the ADHD brain, as you call it, which I love, to earn for that again? So you have this, you recently acknowledged that you wanted to spend in certain areas and you're saying go back to the pen and paper, but what caused you to go back to that? How do you control that urge? The urge to spend? That's a good question. I think that exercise of doing it in the first place creates the awareness so that you even are aware then when you're feeling the urge. Because before the urge would happen and you would just, before you knew it, you'd have Amazon boxes flying to your door without knowing what was going on. Now that you've gone through that exercise, I can actually see and feel the urge. Like I feel it in my bones. I'm like, I'm on the top of the mountain. And if I just buy a few things, I might fall into a splurge and go crazy and just block it out and then deal with the consequences later, which is what ADHD people are really good at doing. Deal with it later. It'll take care of itself later. Let's not worry about it right now. Let's just get what we want because we can have it now. Let's get it now. I think that's kind of that having that hyper-awareness enables you to see the urge coming and then fight it off. Yeah, I love that you say that because, you know, we, as you know, we deal with the divorce process, right? And so that's such an easy pattern or not easy, I should say, but that's such a comfortable pattern for individuals with ADHD to say, What do I need now? I'm not going to think about the future. What's my hot button now? So financially, they make a lot of bad decisions based on their feelings today without really knowing what their options are for their future. So it's really good to hear what you're saying because we also have exercises. And I think that we need to give more compassion to people who are going through that and not take advantage of their vulnerability or their weaknesses, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Sometimes you have to get the thing you want. You have to treat yourself. And if you really want something, you should get it and not feel like you have, you're depriving yourself or you can't have something you want. Really understanding what's important to you and if the thing that you want is going to truly add value. Like if you're driving home and you're tired and the McDonald's is there, is like that's an easier question. That's not really adding any value to your life. But maybe you're just so tired and you just really need something to eat and then you'll do it. But like if you just have that awareness that if you're doing that every single day, that's a habit. There's no value added to your life for that. And so really understanding the trade-offs of like, okay, I really like this hobby and I like spending a lot of money on it. Well, then go ahead, spend all the money you want on that hobby. But where are you spending money where it's not adding value to your life, where you can pull back to make room for that and still reach your other goals? I love that you say that. And I have ADD, maybe not ADHD tendencies, although I've never been diagnosed. But the distraction piece of it, I think, is what you're talking about. You get easily distracted. So if you have the awareness, you can acknowledge when you're distracted, oh, I want to go shop or I want to go to McDonald's or I want to do whatever. But it's also my experience with ADHD people. I have children who have the diagnosis that when you create, like you just said, you created a structure, you created a list, you made it a project. And I feel like that then becomes a focus point for people with ADD or with ADD tendencies, because I know for myself, if I have a focus point, then I can get very focused on that and engage in that versus 
just something that flies through my head every day. So can you talk a little bit about that? Because I don't really, I can't talk about it from professionally. I just know my own personal experience with it. I get what you're saying. So like one of the more positive traits of ADHD, it can be negative, but a lot of times it's positive. It's ability to like hyper-focus on something and just really get into something and go hard and really tackle something with a lot of passion and vigor and, and whatnot. And so for me, it's not for everyone, but for me, when I was doing the spending list on the counter every single day, I was really into it. Like I remember I would buy something and I would pop up from my chair and I'd go write it down. I'd just be very like into the process and not everyone will be into the process, but if you can make yourself into it, into the process, then that's huge because then you can start making it fun to see where you can stop spending money. And if you can challenge yourself and make it a game, like how little can I spend? Like where how much can I possibly save this month? Like make it a really challenge and go extreme. You won't be able to sustain that forever, but it's a great way to sort of practice and understand what it's like to live a little bit more within your means because so many people with ADHD, they make more money. They, they find a way to increase their lifestyle and spend it all away. So it's a great, it's a great thing. So I think that's kind of what you were saying about being a focus. Right. That's exactly what I was saying. And then when we have people or anyone in our audience that may have ADD or ADHD diagnosis or tendencies, when you're facing divorce, having the structure or finding the structure, which my divorce solution provides and developing the portrait can create the focus needed to navigate that very difficult challenge. And we'll talk a little bit about that later, but I appreciate that we're coming out of the gate with understanding that distraction and focus are two very big behaviors with people with ADD or ADHD. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. I can imagine having something like, cause we talked about the divorce solution thing before, but having everything so concretely and powerfully laid out can make it almost, I don't know. I could imagine, I mean, I have no experience. I've never been divorced. I'm not even married yet, but could be almost I don't want to say exciting, but like exciting to know that like you have power or like you have the, you are in control, which is something that a lot of people with ADHD feel out of a lot is out of control. And so having that feeling of control can be very satisfying. Oh my gosh. If I could put that statement in bold, I would, because <laughs> it's so important to feel empowered when you're making financial decisions at yourself and your future. And it's really difficult, I imagine, if you have ADHD and you were never used to making the financial decisions for yourself or your family, and now you're put into that position where you need that awareness. Um, you have to have that awareness, right, so that you can work with you and plan for their future. And I like to put it in line with what you're saying about this budgeting exercise that you have for them uh, or and you did for yourself, because if you don't know what your financial options are in divorce, you're not going to be able to make a good decision. And so we love to see when our clients come through and the confidence, the shift of confidence that they have for themselves when they're getting this information is so rewarding to not only just uh, well, to us and to them in their future, giving them that task to follow in, through with that. And then knowing that you do have options and that your options are your choice. But, you know, I want to flip this a little bit to your financial planning. And I know there's short, middle, or medium or long range planning. So what is the task for you when the market drops and your clientele is so focused on something? Are they focused on the stock market when it drops and everything that they're hearing do they and want to then liquidate their money or move their money? How do you uh, manage that with them? 
Well, that's a good question. And I'll be honest with you, many of my ADHD clients, investing is not even where we're at yet with them because I work with them from, I meet them where they are. And a lot of times they have the biggest potential to have lots of investments in wealth building, but they're, they still haven't figured out the budgeting part or they're still trying to figure out like their values and like drain, rain it all in and create some stability or even get the picture of what is and what could be. Now, for other clients I have that are not the ADHD from before I shifted, yeah, that's common, you know, the panic when the market drops. And so investing to me is is such a behavior game. I mean, it's it's never the investment that's bad. It's the investor that makes the wrong decision, the emotional decision. If you look at the studies of like the Dalbar investor study, routinely the average investor underperforms the market by like two to three percent every single year. And it's not because the investment was wrong, it's because the buying and selling decisions and all that. So for me, investing is all about what's the goal, what are you trying to get? And then how do we get there with as little risk as possible, as with as little variability of return as possible. So let's just try and let's be invested in the market, but let's do it in a way where we're trying to capture less of the down and even less of the up, but let's still get to this end point in a straighter line by being super diversified. And we use modern portfolio theory. We use software we developed to help select portfolios using data to create lower variability. So that's what we do. But the whole point is to make it a smoother ride so that there's less emotional triggers along the way. Because we just want to remove the emotions from the whole the whole investing process as much as we can, which is impossible to do totally. But yeah. Well, it's a great way to manage people who struggle with staying focused or not panicking. And in particular, if you don't have the assets yet and you're trying to build that up, I imagine that when they do go into the market, they feel even more scared because they don't, they really have no control there. So working with you is the best option for them because you then can keep them on track with what's going on. And you're, sounds like you're doing it in a very low volatile process to get them to still the end result in which they can handle. And I think that's so great that you're doing that. It's a great way for them to get to their wealth, their future wealth. Yeah, for sure. And one of the biggest challenges is convincing them that boring is good. (laughs) Yeah. And safe and you can count on it, right? Yeah. But yeah, Yeah. right. You obviously can never count on the stock market doing what you want, but it's funny because when you're really diversified and you are structured in a way where you're, where you're actually able to compound at a solid rate over time, but you have less variability, you're never really happy because if the market goes down, no one likes when the market goes down at all because you're losing money. Even if you went down less than everyone else, you still lost money. So you're like, you're kind of unhappy. Then when the market goes up, you go up, but you're not up as much as the other people. So you're not happy, but you started from a higher point. So you're always less happy, but you end up at the same place at the end of the day or higher. And then you look back like, oh, I am happy, but it's trying to make them realize that they should be happy the whole, the whole way up. I like that. Maybe we should talk, title a blog, Look Back, You Are Happy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love Note that. to self, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so David, you say on your website, and I love this, the rules are changing. The old ways of investing may not be enough to help you get to and through retirement. That's where we come in. Our rules-based approach backed by technology. And I think that's a little bit of what you were just speaking about. Helps you change the way you approach wealth building and retirement income. Does that kind of sum up what you were saying? Or do you have a little bit more to expand on that? Because I think that what you're saying here is very powerful and impactful. Yeah, it is. And it's not clear what we're actually trying to say to everyone, but 
but yeah, it's, it's the technology. And so I, I honestly wish I had my, my partner Scott on, cause he developed this technology, this investing technology, which is really, it's just you, it's literally using modern portfolio theory, which has been around forever, but it's just optimizing portfolio. So you choose the constraints you want, you choose the investment universe you want to use. And then it spits out the portfolio that based on the last four to five years, it's like, we can't say, it cause it's a secret sauce. The last four to five years of variability, it spits out what is what is the optimal portfolio to reduce variability going forward. And then it rebalances every year. And so you're just constantly using data-driven decisions. So you're never saying, I want to buy so-and-so stock because it's going through the moon. It's always you have math doing the picking for you to reduce the variability so you can stay invested, keep your emotions out, and it just helps. And when people really get it and they see that their portfolio is being dictated by math and proven over time theory, then they're like, okay, like I can just feel good about this. And so that's basically it. I feel like I'm not as good as explaining it as Scott, my partner, but that's basically what we do. I think you did a good job explaining it. Yeah, me too. And, you know, just introducing it. So I've never heard of a resource for ADHD people in such a volatile environment. So just the fact that you're addressing it and you're providing a space for this is extraordinary from my perspective. So thank you for doing that. So we may have touched on this already, but the biggest hurdle that people with ADD or ADHD face when making investment decisions is... Everything. It's overwhelming. <laughs> it's overwhelming, David. Think about how to start. How do I choose the investment? How do I choose which broker to use? How do I choose the, the mix of investments? How do I know? Like, what do I do? Like when you tell someone with ADHD to do something that involves lots of steps, they see all the steps at once and they don't see like each step by step. They just see this big overwhelming blob and they just say, okay, I'm not doing it. I'll figure it out later. And then they never do it. And that's why I think what I'm doing is needed because I think there needs to be like 10 of me because I think the whole population of people with ADHD need help knowing where to start and then having some guidance going step-by-step. Because like I said before, so many of the people that I'm talking to, they make plenty of money. They just don't know how to keep it. It just, it's just elusive. It it comes, it Mm. goes, and they're living their life. You know, there, there's so much clutter, financial clutter of like missing bills and making sure that they have enough money to do this or that. And that they never even can see through the clutter to see what could be if they just had a plan. And a lot of times they're not being serviced by traditional financial advisors because there's like, you know, the $250,000 account minimum to invest. And how do they get to having that $250,000 is where they really struggle. Not everyone, of course, but like a lot of us. So, so that's where I'm really actually finding my sweet spot is helping them with an annual fee rather than a management fee, helping them do those simple things, budget, save, figure out what the goals are, and then tackle the saving step-by-step to get to the point where they can have the money to invest. You know, as you say all of that, you're really a target for bullying and you're a target for bullying through the divorce process in particular. And there's a lot of people that end up in divorce when you have ADHD because of communication issues a lot of times with the spouses or so it's always fearful to see someone walking away with a portfolio that they won't know how to manage that now on their own. So to have a financial planner like you who understands the feelings that they're probably going through that can transition them into their new life 
you know, being able to see the management of how that's going to happen and then relate to their daily goals, because it all does come back to the daily goals too, I guess, to stay focused day by day. But to have somebody that will not prey on their vulnerability and really take into account the considerations that are needed to move on post-divorce planning, I think is so needed out there because we have so many people getting divorced and, you know, I could just see somebody going spiraling down if they don't have somebody that understands their feelings or not even their feelings, but their thought process. Yeah, I totally agree. And the research shows that on average, somebody with ADHD has 20,000 extra negative experiences in their life by the time they reach adulthood. So with ADHD, there's a lot of added shame, guilt, feelings of not being enough, unworthiness. I can only imagine going through divorce get exacerbated so much where they just feel very helpless and powerless. And I would imagine if it was me and I didn't know any better, I would just be like, just take, take it all. I want to be done with this. I want to go back to my daily life and just forget about this. But I will have come out of the other side not having what I deserve because I wasn't able to speak up for myself because the feelings of shame, it's my fault, whatever it is. But that's so common in ADHD. And that's why you'll find so many people with ADHD who get diagnosed later in life. First thing they do is go to therapy and they're like, oh my God, like I can't believe all of this stuff. I can't believe that like this was all ADHD. I thought it was just me. I thought I was just weird. I thought that something was wrong with me, but it turns out there's a huge population of people that have gone through the same thing. I mean, having the clarity and the support through divorce is so huge. And just in people with ADHD, they need like support, you know, you know, an ADHD coach, an ADHD financial planner, they could have it all. It'd be perfect, but that comes with some added expense. So it's just, it's just a crazy, crazy thing. Yeah. It's so interesting, David, that you just made that remark of the tendency of people with ADHD in a divorce situation, just saying, take it all. And they just, they should know what they're entitled to. But even more than that, they can often end up in a space of not being protected because they didn't pay enough attention to the details and they didn't pay enough attention to what consequences may develop based on their kind of pushing it to the side. And the fact that you say that that's exactly what I did in my divorce. And I worked in a law firm and I said, you know what? I do not need your support, number one. Number two, you take what you want. I'm going to be fine. I don't need this. But I ended up in court two years later because I wasn't protected. And I was left with all my ex-husband's debt on his business. So not only are you left vulnerable to not getting what you're entitled to, but you could also be left unprotected. So I really appreciate you making that distinction of it is important in these life-changing situations to pay attention and figure out the pathway to pay attention. And the service you offer, again, is very helpful. And the service that we offer, too, just helping people build out what they have and in a step-by-step process is hugely beneficial to anyone going through divorce kind of like deconstructing the instruction manual for those of us who don't like to read instruction manuals to help people understand which part of that instruction manual got to pay attention to piece. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I totally agree. And a lot of it's just awareness and education and understanding that there's things out there for them because without any knowing you're, they're just, what are you going to do? You're going to, you're going to 
I don't know. You know what I'm trying yeah. to say? Yeah, absolutely. yeah. And I think the awareness begins with these conversations, right? And if you're listening and you do have ADHD or AD or even the tendencies, because when you go through divorce, you feel like you have that because it's so hard to focus. We all focus on the unknowns and not the known. So we probably all feel that way. But go ahead and tell your professional that you you have that ADHD brain or that you have been diagnosed or that's what you are. And ask them, have, are they able to deal with you with that? Do they have other clients like that? Because that's the way to know that they'll know when you're going off the rails or they'll be aware that you're not really paying attention to a decision that needs to be made. And put the ownership on the professional who you're hiring. You mentioned earlier, you think everyone should have a, someone that helps you with every part of the process, but it's expensive. Invest in yourself because it's so worth it, not just for your mental health, but your emotional and physical health moving forward and financial health, your financial health. Finances never make you happy, but they make your life ha easier, right? Mm -hmm. So focus on that and make sure your professionals know. Don't be afraid to tell them. I think we live in a world today that we can talk about what our deficiencies are or what our challenges are, and it's beneficial. Yeah, no, it's no question. It's definitely hard to open up about certain things, especially if you have ADHD or any other mental sort of issue, it's very easy to not be open about it. But I think in this day and age, our society has never been more open about it. So it's a great time for people to really just open up and share and just be vulnerable and ask for the help that you need. Definitely. Absolutely. Well, David, we appreciate the work that you do. And we look forward to collaborating with you more. I know on your website, you talk about helping people with an ADHD friendly budget, and you have a lot of resources. You have a podcast. So where can people find you and connect with you and even start working with you? Yeah. So if you go to my website, my podcast website, ADHDmoneytalk.com, from there, you can listen to the podcast on that homepage. There's a way to subscribe to my newsletter where you'll get a the ebook that I wrote and also some worksheets to help you actually implement the budget. That's all free and just there for you. Um, and then from also that webpage, you can also find the link to work with me to explore, you know, booking a discovery call with me if you want. But, but yeah, that's sort of the central hub where you can find everything. Yeah, that'd be great. Great. Awesome. Yep. So this concludes this episode on ADHD and the impact on divorce and financial planning. David, thank you so much for a fantastic conversation. Thank you so much. That was a lot of fun. When clients come to us, they are usually full of fear, guilt, anger, or overwhelmed at the prospect of a divorce. At My Divorce Solution, we know the complexities and pitfalls of divorce can feel unsurmountable. What you need now, more than anything, is clarity and a light shined on the path ahead. That's why My Divorce Solution created Divorce You, a Divorce 101 course that illuminates the divorce journey ahead. You won't find support like this anywhere else. Divorce You demystifies divorce, an easy, self-paced, and comprehensive guide for your upcoming divorce. Take the guesswork out of your divorce today. Find the course syllabus on our website at mydivorcesolution.com. Thanks for joining us on another episode of WeChat Divorce. We hope this episode was informative and supportive on your divorce journey. If you are looking for more support for navigating divorce with confidence and clarity, head over to mydivorcesolution.com for more podcast episodes, divorce events, and resources for your divorce. We'll see you back here for our next episode.